Walking Purpose Podcast. Broadcasting all around the world. All around the world. Here on the Walking Purpose Podcast, we interview men around the world who are speaking on growth, mental health, and sharing their stories. Together, let's uplift kings. Now, here's your host, Craig Cooper. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Walking Purpose. Guess what, guys? This is season two. A special thanks for everybody for tuning in for season one. It's been truly amazing. Now, if you're new and it's your first time viewing or your first time listening, Walking Purpose podcast is all about men all around the world telling their stories about mental health, about growth. And sometimes we have open conversations, you know, open dialogue. And it's all about men around with just men around the world just creating a safe space we can talk about certain issues and sometimes we laugh sometimes we joke it's the reason why you got a youtube version also um i'm i'm excited about this interview right here I have aaron brooks feel free to introduce yourself sir hey hey coop man i'm aaron brooks man minister aaron brooks in some circles pastor aaron brooks and others and sometimes just king aaron but this mm-hmm. is aaron brooks man brother from another mother Hey, everybody out there in social media and the internet world, God bless you. Good morning. Let's get it started. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's let's get started. Speaking of getting started, it's a whole new year. 2020 has been crazy. Um, what's your current mindset on this year and how you feeling currently? Well, I got a kind of different mindset on last year, Coop. I, I really didn't find 2020 to be crazy. It came with its challenges. And I view each year that way. Each year comes with its different challenges. We just entered into some greater challenges in 2020 than we had in the previous years. I think that we had gotten um, a little comfortable and a little complacent um, coming into 2020. We live in the richest country in the world. Um, You know, prosperity is abundant in this country, even though it doesn't always trickle down to African-American men. It's available out there in, you know, in the stratosphere. And so I think that we had gotten comfortable. Um, Pandemics and epidemics in other countries and third world countries are prevalent. Ebola, um, they have uh, typhoid fever in China. They have mosquito outbreaks in Africa and Egypt all the time where people are affected by the thousands and sometimes the hundreds of thousands and they can't even get the aid that they need because um, countries like the United States and Russia won't fly the medicine over there that's desperately needed. So we have people all the time um, in other parts of the world that are suffering I just think that in this particular instance, the pandemic affected everybody in the world. It didn't just affect the United States and it just didn't just affect China or didn't just affect Russia. And then conversely, it didn't just affect white America and it wasn't a black problem and it wasn't a man problem or a woman problem. It was an everybody problem. So I find the inclusiveness to be somewhat refreshing. We had to tear down socioeconomic lines and we had to tear down racial lines and we had to tear down gender lines and we had to tear down our biases. It didn't matter if you were gay or straight. It didn't matter if you were rich or poor. It didn't matter if you were black or white, you were in the hospital bed next to another person in the hospital bed and it didn't matter what color they were. It didn't matter if they were rich. They didn't have a rich ward at the hospital and an award for those who were impoverished. The hospitals were stacking people on top of each other because they just didn't have enough room. Right. So 
I, I think it caused us to tear down some of our biases and some of our idiosyncrasies and some of those things that divide us. Um, there is a principle that says a house divided against itself can't stand. I find it to be very funny that the United States that is supposed to be united is the most divided place in the world. And I think this pandemic has really kind of taken um, an old school magnifying glass. I know we don't use those no more. <laughs> <laughs> but when we was in elementary school, you had to use a magnifying glass. Right. And I, and I think... <laughs> And I think, and I think that um, that's what this thing has done to shine a light on America, shine a light on people um, and our differences and our biases. And I really think that's what 2020 was about was, you know, the curtain kind of got pulled back. You know, um, old school ladies used to wear slip all the time. They would tell them, hey, your slip is hanging. I think the United States and I think the world got caught with a slip hanging in 2020. And we need to be about the business of correcting that in 2021. Yeah, agreed. Agree. I think also 2020 has given people opportunities to pause. And no generation has had this before us or probably after us. The time to actually work on yourself, the time to take a vacation. Like I was burnt out before uh, everything shut down for me. You know, so I was working those long, long hours. So this is how like, I got the opportunity to like pray more, to talk to God more. And this is how this vision was created. Right. Certain people, entrepreneurs, blew up, and, and it's, so I, I look at it as it's unfortunate that certain things happened last year, but at the same time, it's some people were able to take advantage and still are taking advantage of the pause and everything like that and the pandemic. So yeah, the aristocrats used to say in the early 20th century, the late 19th century, when there's blood in the streets, sell, sell, sell which means when there's a tumultuous time or when there's a controversy, that's a time when wealthy people make a lot of money. Do you know that there was over half a dozen billionaires created on 9-11 mm -hmm. because the market went in their way and it had never gone in their direction before? Now, 3,000 people lost their lives in the World Trade Center alone. That don't include the total casualties from that day. Somebody's right. people lost their lives. A lot of people went to funerals, but there were some people that became billionaires in one day. Mm -hmm. So I so I agree with you. They were cohesive opportunities created by this pandemic. But more importantly than that, Coop, I think we had an opportunity, like you said, um, in three aspects. We had an opportunity to start evaluating self-care. Like yeah. you said, people were not taking care of themselves. People were not taking vacations. People were not prioritizing rest, which we'll get into a little later, you know, during our questions. But people were not prioritizing vacations. People were not prioritizing rest. And people were not prioritizing God. It is a, um, a study that came out, even though a lot of churches were closed, last year was the first year that everybody could agree that there had to be prayer, whether you were a Muslim, whether you were a Catholic, whether you were a Christian or a denominational Christian, everybody agreed we need to be in prayer. They, they, now, whether or not they agreed who they were praying to or whatever, that wasn't the question. The question was, everybody came to an understanding that we can't do this alone. Agreed. Definitely, definitely agree. Uh, speaking of prayer, that goes into a pretty much an open discussion. Uh, for anyone that's listening, we're going to talk about a kingdom mindset. What does that look like? In your definition, what is a mindset of a, of a king, kingdom mindset? And I answer the same question when you finish. <laughs> so in my, in my, in my um, opinion, a kingdom mindset um, is a little different um, in this country, again, because we don't live, we live in a democratic society. We don't have um, a king or a queen. When you have like the queen of England or 
when you have um, the kingdom of a sovereign nation, for example, in Arabia, where our um, Arabian brothers and sisters are in the Arab Emirates or, you know, Punta Cana and, you know, all of that where everybody's trying to go to Dubai. That's a sovereign country. They have a king who rules there. In the kingdom mindset, there's no democracy. There is no vote. You do what the laws of the land say or you suffer the consequences. And I think the United States has misappropriated the kingdom's mindset and misappropriated the fact that God is our king and we are supposed to be following his rules. And I think that's part of the reason that we see such tumult and such upheaval in this country is because the people have forgotten their God. I was having a conversation with a guy the other day. He said, well, I don't believe in God. I said, you're lying. He said, no, I'm not. I don't believe in God. I was raised as an atheist. I said, you got a dollar in your pocket? He said, of course I got a dollar in my pocket. I said, can I see it? He said, you want my money? I said, no, I just want to see the dollar. He pulled the dollar out and handed it to me. I said, what is it say in that bottom right there? He said, in God we trust. I said, the founding fathers of this country printed that on the money that you hold so dearly, but you have the nerve to be so disrespectful as to say you don't even trust the God on your money, sir. I didn't ask you to come worship the God that I serve. I asked you about the God that's on your money, sir. Mm -hmm. The Bible says where your treasury is, your heart will be also. So I think that there's, they had prior to the pandemic been a big dividing line of people think that they sustained themselves and that they didn't need a king. And so we have been out of order in that area. And I think we have seen that um, reckless abandonment come, you know, in the kingdom. You, yeah. you saw a former president just allow all kind of lascivious behavior to go on. And it didn't just start with the riot. Everybody is focusing on the riot that happened at the Capitol, and especially us, because we happen to live in the city, you know, in the nation's capital. But there had been upheaval in our, in our leadership for the whole four years he was there. Everything was tumultuous. People forgot about those darker kids who were left five, 600 kids without their mothers and dads because you locked them in cages. That just right. happened a year ago. Yeah. Right. You, you know, and, and people have forgotten about that. They're like, well, this guy decided a riot at the, at the Capitol. This guy left 500 children orphaned at a concentration level camp as, as what was going on back in the days of slavery and, and, and when the Jews were uh, slaughtered by Hitler. That was the same level of an event that the president perpetrated in a country that's supposed to be free. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be united. But people, right, but, but and we're supposed to be united. And, and, and another thing, Coop, um, in a... In a um, any company, even with your uplift kings, you have a mantra, you have a, um, a, a statement that you go by. Uplift kings has a statement that it follows. We're here uplifting brothers. We're here with an area where you can be transparent without fear. We're here to make sure that we uplift the kingdom mindset all over, but especially for men. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is your mission statement and your mantra. The United States has a mantra on the, on the Statue of Liberty's book that says, bring me your tired, bring me your weak, bring me your huddled masses. This is what we were taught at elementary school. It's not taught as much in elementary school now, but we were taught this, I know for a fact. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we bring you your tired, our weak, and our huddled masses, you lock them in a cage and separate the children from their parents. Mm -hmm. That's not how a kingdom is supposed to function. In a kingdom, all people bring all things so that everybody has all things in common and none suffer lack. Because if one of us looks or sounds bad, to quote the movie phrase, all of us look and sound bad. Yeah. The way the United States was played out on the world was not royal, was not kingdomly. We really look like a pop for third world country over the past couple of years. And I think it's important for us as men to rise up and change that narrative. 
there's an African proverb that says the strength of every nation is built on the male population. Mm -hmm. And if the men in this country, black, white, Hispanic, Latino, Chinese, if we don't stand up and raise up the standard to a royal level, to a kingly level, then the country's belly is going to fall out. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And um, as far as the kingdom mindset, and um, in my opinion, I feel like the further I get away from the stuff I've been through in my past, I have a better understanding of how I used to think. And I feel like a kingdom mindset is knowing who you are as a person, as a king. Right. You know, you you walk with your purpose. You're not scared of, not scared of what if. And that's not saying you're perfect. Because we're all oh, going to no. have set, setbacks and kind of like failures. You're going to have certain things, but you're constantly working on yourself. You're constantly growing. You're constantly working on your self-love. You don't bring other men down. You don't put no. other men down to bring yourself up. You're not toxic. You know what I'm saying? You don't surround yourself with toxic individuals in your circle. You know, you're not making fun of a man if he's telling you what he's going through. He's telling you that he's depressed or telling you that he's going through a nasty break and he's crying. You're not looking at, oh, he's soft or he's this. You're building that next person up. I really believe in life. You're supposed to go what you go through and give thanks to God for bringing you out of that situation and extend that hand to the next person saying, I went through that. Hopefully you don't have to. So, so I'm, I'm, I would like to piggyback on that thought before we move on. Mm. I'm in total agreement and I applaud you. Um, because that is absolutely a kingdom mindset. Jay-Z said kings hang out with kings. Great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so a, a guy told me, um, Coop, back in the um, street, back in Southeast, back in the day, he said, if you hang around nine broke people, you're going to be the 10th one. Yeah. If you hang around nine toxic individuals, you're bound to be the 10th one. There's no way to escape that. So you have to surround yourself with like-minded people, first of all, with a kingdom mindset that are upwardly mobile, that are thinking upward. Yes, all of us have depression bouts. Yes, all of us have thoughts of suicide. The devil is equal opportunity. He gonna come knock on your door and try you just like he gonna try me. Mm -hmm. The responsibility is for me to be able to come to you and say, hey, Coop, man, I really was having a tough time this weekend, man. It, it been a mental battle I've really been going through. And you not look at me different or frown upon me or belittle me. Or, or try to tear me down or go back and have pillow talk with your girl and be like, oh man, that dude, Brooks, man, he's soft, man. That dude was crying over the weekend, man. I had to get him together. Hey, listen, man, a brother will cover you up, straighten you up, dress you up, and then send you back home to your wife or your lady and your family looking like the man that you're supposed to. That's what a brother does. Yes. That's what kings do. Yes. Kings cover their brothers. And I'm not talking about covering up your mess. I'm talking about straightening you up getting you cleaned up so you can pull your pants up on you like a man and be accountable for your actions. That's what men do. That's what maturity is in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I, I think we have a lot of um, misconceptions about, well, man, I ain't going to snitch on you to your girl. This is not about snitching on you. This is about making you accountable, making you stand up for your actions. And then you go back and face your lady and face your family with the responsibility and convictions of a man. That's what maturity does. That That's what real men do. Read. Agree, and, and um, I circle. I, I surround myself with men with great integrity. You know, what I'm saying if I was on some bull crap, they'll tell me like, "No, what are you doing, man? What's wrong with you?" Right. Instead of saying, "No, I ain't gonna snitch," to, like, bro, you got a queen. What the hell is wrong with you? Exactly, and and, and then send you back home to the queen. I told yeah. my lady, I come, I come in when I'm not at work. I'm there. I call her during the day. Hey, um, this is where I'm going. She could be at work and not even asking me, are you at work? And I call her and be like, hey, I'm already at work. And she'll text back, okay. Not mm -hmm. because she's looking for me, 
But just because the accountability is, I don't even want nothing to be on her mind that has to wonder where you at and what you're doing. That creates a whole bunch of other blocks and a whole bunch of issues. And it creates distrust uh, and miscommunication within your relationship. And again, this is a sign of maturity, Coop. I didn't always think this way. I didn't yeah. think this way five years ago, but, I, but this is where I am now. And if you are trying to move upward and onward and trying to be mobile, you can't afford to surround yourself with people that's drinking themselves into a frenzy. You know what I'm saying? Every Friday, they got to be at the bar. And, and again, the grown people have a drink if that's what you decide to do. I'm not, I'm not, you know, negating that. Or I don't think nobody gonna go to hell because they had a drink. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about if you got people that are alcoholics and that are drug addicts, and you know that that's a problem for them, continuing to feed them that is not kingdom mindset. It's not brotherhood. Your brother is not going to help you destroy yourself. That's first of all. And then second of all, your brother don't want to see your inner relationships torn down with your bad behavior because you're still acting like a child, man. We're not in high school. This is uplift kings. We're supposed to be here lifting up kingdom mindset and grown man behavior. And I think there's a lot of immaturity with celebrity. And I think there's a lot of immaturity with people that are supposed to be popular, you know, that people follow on social media and on television. And I think they've glamorized that immaturity and that childishness. Carter G. Woodson said in the Miseducation of the Negro, hey guys, if you haven't read that book, avail yourself of it. Mm -hmm. Carter G. Woodson said in the Miseducation of the Negro that in the United States, the American, the African-American man is traded in his dignity and his integrity for clownery and buffoonism. So you don't see men talking about how much they read and how much they respect their queen and the longevity of their relationship and how good of a father they are to their kids. You see dudes exalting clownery behavior and looking at these guys on the football field doing back flips in the end zone. Do you notice that the true greats never do none of that foolishness? You've never seen Walter Payton do no flips in the back, back end zone or, or Barry Sanders do no touchdown dance or None of those things. The great stone, you never saw Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver of all time. All of these are African-Americans, by the way. Mm -hmm. But you never, never saw any of those guys do none of those shenanigans, or nor was it even named among them. Mm -hmm. Because they felt themselves to be the GOAT, you know, uh, to use a, 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 you know, the new term. They yeah, felt yeah, themselves yeah. to be kings, so they mm -hmm. didn't participate in shenanigans. And I feel like we need to adopt that same mindset on our level. Agreed. And this, this basically goes into my next topic, like toxic men and influence. Man. And Jesus, that can be an hour long conversation. But I was about to say, will you go ahead and start off? Because I want you to get that off first and then I'll come in. Yeah. So I'm a, so I'm a, um, like I said before, like the, the men that I surround myself, the brothers and any of my male friends, I surround even my female friends too. also toxic relationships and toxic people. I cannot have them around me. I cannot, and that's not saying though I'm better than you. That's not. No, I want the best for me as an individual. So I gotta have those right people around me. I gotta have people around me that's gonna correct me if I'm on some BS. I got people around me that's gonna like tell me the truth instead of being your yes man. A lot of times when I was facing depression 11 years ago, my friends who are still tight to this day with would tell me the truth instead of being like, oh man. Let's go have a drink. Maybe I don't need a drink right now because I'm not in that process. So maybe when we're done with the situation, we can celebrate, oh, toast to you. It's a big difference. Instead of I'm going to drink my problems away. Instead of saying, oh, let's take a toast. Bam. Good job, man. You overcome this, man. I'm so proud of you. Instead of just drowning your problems into something negative. I think that 
you're absolutely correct is that it's not even just drowning your problems. Um, I'm, um, I counsel abused and neglected kids, but I also have a minor certification in substance abuse counseling. And one okay. thing they tell you about substance abuse is that the people that get um, addicted to drugs are, it's an addiction, which means it was added on to you. You didn't come here with it. Nobody comes here drunk or nobody comes here high. Even when you find crack babies whose parents were using while they were in the womb, the babies are rebelling and hollering when they come to the earth because they're not supposed to be addicted to drugs. Like, for example, it's a scientific fact. Your lungs were never meant to process smoke. Mm -hmm. Your lungs were meant to get the carbon dioxide out of the tree, process air, and then you have a symbiotic relationship with the trees. That's why there's trees everywhere. Mm -hmm. The only place that there's not trees on the planet is in the desert, and even that has cactus. Mm -hmm. Because your lungs were never meant to process smoke. Do you realize that 72% of the diseases that come to African-American men I'm not talking about just ladies and everybody. I'm talking about just African-American men. 72% of the diseases come to us come from something that we put in our body related to drug, alcohol, or food. Mm. That's a scientific fact. You can Google it. 72%. Yeah. So you can't afford to have toxic things going in your body, but it's equally important not to have toxic people around you. If you, if you have people around you that are not building you up, by, by just literal osmosis, they're automatically bringing you down. My grandmother is not, she'll be 99 in July. She was raised in Louisa County, Virginia. And she showed me a bucket of water and I was mopping the floor and she was like, you got to dump that water out, it's going to stink. I said, grandma, I just made this water 30 minutes ago. Why I got to dump it out? She said, baby, don't you know stagnant water stinks? Mm. And I was looking at her, Coop, I'm confused. I'm a nine-year-old kid. What you mean stagnant water stinks? I just put, made this water 30 minutes ago and I got all this cleaning solution in here. How could it possibly stink? I mean, you smell hot water when you put Fabuloso in, it smells wonderful. Yeah. You know, so at that time I was using turpentine, but the same principle applies. Mm -hmm. Man, she let that water sit there for about three days, Coop. Do you realize mold started growing on top of the water, on top of the cleaning solution? Yes. And then by the fifth day, the water was stinking and it was creating a, such an atmosphere in the house that we had to go dump it. We couldn't even dump it in the sink. We had to dump the water outside mm -hmm. because toxicity grows. If you hang around people that got mold in them, guess what? They're going to by osmosis affect you. And you'll go home like, why do I feel so heavy? Why I feel so down? Because you've been around these three toxic jokers all weekend long. All they've been spewing is negativity and garbage and having a lack of integrity and scrolling through the phone with all of the people that they've been online with and all the pornography and everything. And now that's all you got on your mind and you can't get away from it. It's because that same thing jumped on you because toxicity travels. It does. It does. Have you ever noticed that people that smoke cigarettes, it gets all in their clothes, all on their pores? It comes out of their breath, their hands, everything, because it's all over. It's not something that you just smoked a cigarette with your mouth and that was it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same thing with toxic people. It gets all over the per people they're around. It's coming out of their pores. It's coming. I have a zero tolerance for negativity, Cooper. If you're going to be negative, you got to get away from me. I'm too bright. My light is shining too yeah. good. You've been knowing me for more than 11 years. Every time you see me, I'm blown up like a light bulb. Always. I'm talking about first thing in the morning, last thing in the evening, because I just don't surround myself with people that's going to dim my light. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You you got enough battling going on, battling depression, battling thoughts of suicide, battling, battling the negative stigmatism. Being a Black man in this society is a battle every time you walk out the door. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. That's that's so true. Um, I definitely agree with you, like, far as, like, having always been positive. And if I can't share my positive energy with you, I don't want to talk to you. Right, right. I, right. I can't. I can't. I can't share what I got going on. I feel like I know you're doing this. I know I can't share my positive energy with you because you're so negative. Right. It's like you sharing your dreams. Like, oh man, I want to do a podcast. I want to do this. And I want to write a book. He goes, why? Wait, never mind. Right. I can't talk to you. Be a whole different language. And, and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> do you remember a couple of years back, Oprah did Oprah's master class? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know why she did that? because she could only talk to people that was on a master class level. None of those conversations were with B-list and C-list actors and not that they're not talented and not that they don't do their thing in their own right. But there is an area that's reserved for King Scoop. And it, it, look, check this out. I was reading a book by Miles Monroe, God rest his soul. Miles Monroe said, eagles don't hang with ducks. Yeah. He said he had a conversation with the leadership guru, John Maxwell. John Maxwell told him everything rises and falls on leadership. I can look at you and your lady's household and look at you as the leader and I can determine how high y'all are gonna go just by looking at the lead. Same thing with eagles. Eagles don't hang with ducks because ducks don't fly. Mm -hmm. Eagles take care of their business in the air. Ducks primarily remain in the water on the land. And all right. you're gonna do is frustrate the duck trying to make him eat. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point it's going pretty much go to my next topic as far as uh mental health and brotherhood yes and that's yes. that falls into the same family and again when i was going through depression and and suicide ideations and and trying to find like positive men to to reach out to to this day like we're still friends and what's your what's your uh your mindset on just mental health and brotherhood well, so I work in mental health. I've been working in mental health for 25 years. I know I don't look right. that old, y'all. <laughs> 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 but I work in mental health. But the reason that you and I were able to have such an open dialogue about this just in passing before I even knew anything about this awesome podcast that you do is because I had cancer a few years ago. I've never smoked a cigarette. I don't drink alcohol or any of that. I mean, I don't even know what a cigarette tastes like. I have no idea except for the smell from other people. And cancer jumped on me, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is the same uh, sort of cancer that Governor Larry Hogan was battling a couple of years ago. Okay, okay. It, and and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is cancer of the lymph nodes or cancer of the blood vessels that go to the lymph nodes. So it's affected in your groin area. It's affected under your armpits, around the thyroid in your neck, and you know, places where there's soft tissue. And it mostly affects men and primarily, usually older white men. So it was very rare to jump on me at 40 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I'm sitting back as a Christian and as a minister and, you know, somebody that pride themselves on never smoking. I used to beat my chest and tell people, I ain't never smoked. Da, 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 da. Cancer is indiscriminate. And it doesn't care. Right. Yeah. And so, and so it affected my mental health because I'm sitting back mad at God. Like, why this happened to me? I've been a goody two shoes. I'm a choir boy. This shouldn't happen to me. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like I had some kind of get out of jail free card or some kind of pass card that says I should never get attacked on this level. I ain't do nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and so the devil would come visit me in the hospital room, sit right on the bed, Coop. I'm talking about, I wasn't seeing no red devil with horns, but I'm talking about spiritually, you can feel when there's negative energy in the you room. Said. The devil will come sit right on the chair in my room and say, hey, you know, I'm gonna kill you, right? Yeah, right, right. I'm sitting there all bandaged up with surgery, 
bleeding out because they had to put a catheter in my side to drain fluid off and the tube came out. So I'm just sitting in the chair getting cold. Don't know why I'm getting cold. Come to realize my tube then came out and I'm bleeding all over the floor, all over the chair, everything. The devil tell me, yeah, you know, I'm gonna kill you, right? Wow. Yeah, I'm talking about this is a battle that's going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. A warfare, yeah. And, yeah, and I come to encourage brothers, man, the devil come to battle your mind. Yeah. And if you don't feed your mind with godly things and surround yourself with positive people, he's going to win. Mm -hmm. Look, when you're going through depression and frustration and you feel less adequate because you don't make enough money or you don't make as much money as your lady, you know, and it's not a competition, y'all should be bringing everything together, but we'll address that another time. Mm-hmm. Those things cause you to be depressed. You feel inadequate because you might not be driving the big dog Escalade that the other guy, you know, in your group is driving. Or, you know, everybody's new thing is to get a Tesla or a Maserati. And you might just be driving a Maxima or Altima. Listen, man, your life is not measured by the cars that you have, the women that you run and the houses that you buy. But we put ourselves in mental castles and mental cages trying to put, compete with our buddies. Man, listen, I got guys that are multi-millionaires. I got a guy right now who that is trading Forex right now. He's making $50,000, you know, on some of his trades. I ain't even make $50,000 a year, but I don't feel no less than a person than him because my value is not in how much money I made last year. My value is in God and the fact that he made me and he didn't make no mistakes and he did this on purpose. And so my responsibility is to keep my mental self sharp. I read a lot of books. I try to read two books every month. Sometimes it take a little longer, like for President Obama's book, it's real thick. So it's taking me a little longer time yeah, yeah, yeah. to get through it. But I try to sharpen myself because your brain is a muscle. Whatever you don't use, you will lose. Sure. So I try to read books that is going to um, uplift me as a person, you know, and then into sharpen my mental skills. A lot of my vocabulary has been extended because I read a lot of books. Like there are words in there that I would have never thought of. So what I do is take a highlighter and go over it and then go back and Google those words, dictionary.com, you know, find out how I can incorporate it in a presentation or just in a conversation, you know, in order to keep myself mentally sharp. The best way to battle depression, first of all, is to keep yourself tied up in God. But then the second thing as a man is to continue to keep yourself educated. As an educator, you know the responsibility and the value of continuing to be reading all the time. Mm -hmm. you, you can't put down a book and be like, well, I read last month. I ain't read for the next six months. Okay, so what you've done is allow the devil six months to send people in your life with toxicity and negativity and to be dragging you down. And then six months of that mess, and then you sit around talking about, man, I think I should just end it all. Yeah. I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say the problem with suicide is twofold. First of all, you can't be forgiven for a sin that you can't ask for forgiveness for because you're dead. Wow. And, and you can't blame the devil because he didn't kill you. You killed yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, but the other thing and the most important thing about suicide is, especially with African-American men, is that you have taken a present problem and killed your future opportunities. Mm -hmm. I say suicide, you taking a present problem and killed your future opportunities. Suppose you committed suicide on a Friday and then Monday you was getting ready to become a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. Do you realize the little girl that uh, 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 glued her hair? With the, yeah. with the Gorilla Glue right. has had $500,000 of financial opportunities thrown at her from endorsement from companies off a mistake that she made with super glue in her hair. Mm. Gorilla glue in her hair. Yeah, yeah. Now, suppose she had done 
the absolute worst and said, you know what? This is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm on IG, I'm on YouTube, I'm on everything. Everybody all over the world is laughing at me. I'm gonna just end it all. Yeah. The following Monday, $500,000 offer started coming in for this young lady. In one weekend, she was able to raise $18,000, <coughs> excuse me, for her GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. There are charities that can't that feed homeless kids and put coats on kids. You know the stuff that we be dealing with during the holiday season where we try to do coat drives and we yeah. try to get baskets for the families. If we could raise $18,000, we could take care of every family in the communities that we serve. Right. This girl raised $18,000 in one weekend. Can you imagine if she killed herself the weekend before? Yeah. Wow. And so a lot of times men have taken that opportunity that the devil has thrown that suggestion at them and then they try to end it all and you've killed yourself you have killed your future opportunities and your potential and you've left your wife or your lady and your children in a lurch because now what are they supposed to do? Mm-hmm. The Bible admonishes men specifically that a good man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren. The barometer of you and me being good men is not whether or not we keep ourselves clean, not whether or not we work out, <clears throat> excuse me, not whether or not we lift up other brothers or we faithful to our wives. All of those are you know, incidentals. The Bible says that if you have not left an inheritance for your grandchildren, then that uh, weighs on the barometer of whether or not you're a good man. Right, right. And and that comes by way of having life insurance and making good investments with your money, so on and so forth. But we'll talk about that on another podcast on financial stuff for men. But my point is, your mental health has to do with the futures of your children and your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Because now once you take yourself out of the equation, who's protecting your lady? Exactly. Where, where do your future children get their direction from? Because you're not there. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe God put us around here to quit. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I really feel like everything that we go through is, is, is going to give a blessing to someone else. It's a part of our testimony. A lot of our journeys are tied together whether we know it or not. And I, um, going back to what you're saying about the devil, like, like being in your mind, that's what something I dealt with. And I feel like giving up and I feel like quitting. 11 years ago, because people feel like quitting, you don't see it, you don't see yourself in the next season. The same person, oh man, it's cold outside. I give up. Summertime is coming. There's a better season coming. So you don't, you don't see that. You don't see like you don't see a victory on outside of your journey. You know? So I definitely can relate to that. Just that um every day gimp in the morning, that was always in your ear. I really had to pray to God. When I say pray, it wasn't like, oh, pray I better know tears, emotions, angry, yelling, screaming. Like, God, this is what I'm going through. I'm tired of this. I'm sick of this. Help me. And I was like, I got you. And it's not saying that it's a it's a one fixed prayer and that's it. No, it's not how it works. I also had to put in the work myself to better myself and do affirmations and surround myself with good people and remove toxic men out of my life as far as the friendship. Move toxic women in my life, fraud relationships. I can't deal with you if you bring me down. I can't deal with you if you're always cursing me out, telling me I ain't shit or something like that, to be honest. That's definitely part of mental health, yeah. So it's, it, it goes into you making a personal decision, like you said, first of all, this is just me personally, and you know this about me. You see me first thing in the morning when I drop my boys off. Hey, man, I wake up every morning with the mentality of, uh-oh, devil, I'm awake. You in trouble. <laughs> 
You yeah. understand me? Yeah. I have arisen. I mm -hmm. didn't just wake up this morning. I'm rising. I'm, hey, hey like dude, that. we got to like get that. it on. I like that. There's a book. I want guys, y'all take note of this. If you see the podcast at any time, this is a book you can get on Amazon. It's a Christian book, but even if you're not a Christian, it will help you. There's a book by a guy named A. W. Tozer. A. W. Tozer. He has a book called I Talk Back to the Devil. I like that. He's, and the premise of the book is too many times could we have allowed the devil to have the final word in your head. Yeah. No, yeah. it is your responsibility to guard your mind. Yes, he's going to come present depression to you. Yes, he's going to come present frustration to you. Yes, he's going to present poverty to you. Coop, let me share this brief testimony with you about mental health. I went through cancer, man. My ex-wife divorced me while I was in the cancer battle, while I was on chemotherapy. Wow. When I finished the cancer battle, the lady called me and said, Mr. Brooks, we're here to present you with your bill. Your cancer bill is $96,738.62. How would you like to pay? I've never made $96,000 in years of my life. It would take me about three years to make that amount of money at that time. So when she said it to me, I almost peed on myself like a little kid, nervous before they get a spanking. Yeah, yeah. And then right after I finished the cancer battle, my mother died. Wow. And I'm my only child by my mom, so I didn't have people to lean on and then fall back on. And I told you my ex-wife had divorced me. So, you know, I was left spinning in the wind. And then all of my family members had a big family meeting at the family church and say, oh, you don't got money to bury your mother? Can you imagine the amount of, of, of mental um, rigors I was going through? I had just finished the cancer battle. Um, I had lost my business. I had my own daycare center for almost 11 years. I had to close my business because I had cancer. And then my family members helped tear my business down because I was too sick to defend myself. So I had my family fighting against me. My body was fighting against me. My mother, who was an advocate for me, had died. Man, do you understand? I wanted to check out, man. I'm done, God. You got it. This hand wins. This is Monopoly. And guess what? The house has won. I'm out. Yeah. But God told me, he said, listen, I didn't bring you this far for you to fail. If you were supposed to be dead, you could have died in the street a long time ago. Yeah. And he literally ran down a list of the guys that had been killed from the time I was in elementary school to that present day that didn't make it. Mm. He said, it's your responsibility to live and live on purpose. A lot of other guys need your scars to become their stars. Powerful. Yeah. But if you don't have no scars, Coop, how can it become a star for you? Agree. Everybody wants to go through life unscathed. Nobody makes it out not unscathed. Not That's how not how it works. And as a man, and especially if you're a king and you got a king's mindset, you're going to take some more lumps other than others. Yeah, and the, and the crazy thing is we ain't done taking lumps. No. See, listen. I thought business closed and I was divorced and I had cancer that I had taken enough lumps for a lifetime. Okay. Man, I went out last year, man, treated myself, bought an S-Class Mercedes. One month into having it, a tow truck guy drops it off the back of a tow truck and crashes it into two other cars. And then changes his number and disappears when it's time to be accountable for him crashing my car. I wasn't even there when he did it. Dang, wow. And so I'm using that to say to you that the thing that people consider to be a status symbol, I got a Mercedes, you know, I've arrived, you know, all of the yeah. above. It wasn't even that for me. I was grateful to have it or whatever, but I got it from the auction. It wasn't like I went and spent $100,000. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. But the point of the matter is, as soon as I got it, I didn't even get to enjoy it before somebody else had crashed it up. Wow. And then lost my apartment. Like, I couldn't sit around and be, oh, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? Those experiences that I had had previously just emboldened me and made my determination that much stronger. And, and I think that if I hadn't shared that with other brothers, if I hadn't been talking to you, you know, other people in, in the circle, you know, even extended circle, you know, people don't get the benefit because men cry in the dark. Men take that stuff home and bury it in the pillow. Mm -hmm. You know, sit down in our man cave and bury it in the bottle or in our cigars or in our hookah. Or, you know, we want to go home and be abusive to our spouses and to the kids and then go out into the world like everything is okay. The one thing I want to share, and this is going to go into the next subject when you're ready, is self-love. The one thing I want to share with the men on this podcast, man, is that it's okay to hurt. Hey, man, I hurt. Yeah. I ache. Mm -hmm. I'm human. Yes. Yes, I'm a king. Yes, I'm royal. On the same token, man, I need to take some time and step away and let put my head to bed sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about turn the phone off, turn the TV off, stop talking to all the outside people. Hey, man, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get back to y'all after I refresh myself. Right. I'm going to get with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to sit in the steam and let this shower build up and take these kinks out of my neck. <laughs> I know a lot of guys, especially in locker rooms, you are athletes, you understand, though, no, I don't consider baths to be manly. The lies you tell I'm going to get me some Epsom salt. Uh, it's, man. <laughs> I'm going to get that water as hot as I can get it. Yeah. I'm going to shut this door and I'm going to have me a girl's cow gone moment. Take me away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And let me, let me, let me add to that. And for any man that's listening and you're feeling like you're going through a lot, let's say you're going through depression. You feel like life is worthless. You're going through a breakup or any kind of setback. You're human. Whatever you go through does not take away from your crown. Even if you're in tears, it's so the, the term that it's okay to not be okay is true. In a sense of it's okay to cry. It's okay. It's okay to, to have emotions, to have feelings, and to process. Process your feelings. What's making me feel this way? Why am I feeling this way? And talk to people you trust. The key word is trust. Talk to those men who, who's gonna build you up and say, I, I I'm even if they don't have advice, I'm listening to you. Oh, we'll figure it out together. Oh, let's go hang out. Let's do something. Let's take it off your mind. Not let's go drink and solve your problems. No, let me build you up. Let me sow a seed in you and help you out, a brotherhood. So if you're going through that, you are worth it. It does never, it never takes away from your crown at all. You're still a king no matter what. And if you think this is still falling, keep adjusting that. You're still a king. Hey, Coop, I would like to piggyback on that before we go to the next subject. Uh -huh. um, when you talk about kingdom mindset and you talk about still being a king, being a king is a designation. You don't choose whether or not you're a king. Kings are appointed by God and by the people of the land. There's not an election. A succession of kings, the succession of Cleo Cleopatra is queens designated succession of queens all the way down the line. After King Tutankhamun, King Tutankhamun's father was a king, Ramses. All of these Egyptian people, all of these royal people that we study was a succession of kings. You are a king because that's the designation God gave you. And for anybody that doesn't believe me, Revelation 4 says the Lord has made us kings and priests in the earth for his glory. 
you are designated a king by God to live anything less than that. You are shortchanging yourself. Yeah. I call myself King Aaron. I had king on my tags. I have king on my phone. Anywhere you can address me, you find King Aaron. On, on, on Instagram and on YouTube and see king, uh, queen this and queen that everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when men start to call themselves kings or, or start thinking of themselves, man, I ain't no king. I'm a dog. I'm a regular dude. Hey, man, dogs eat out the trash. Mm. Hey, you're a king, man. Go buy yourself a steak dinner. Yeah. You might not be able to go to Ruth Chris and get one, but they got them right at Longhorn. They got mm-hmm. them at Applebee's. Mm-hmm. You can get you a steak, man. Go have you a steak and a baked potato. Treat yourself royally. For the same amount of money you spent on that bottle, I looked at the, uh, what you call it the other day, a bottle of Ciroc, the premium new Ciroc they got out is $33. Man, you can go get you a steak dinner with a baked potato and some asparagus for that. Yeah, eating good, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm talking about treat yourself like a king. Yeah. What you put in your body, man, that protein that you got for that steak, and you know this because you're an athlete, that steak is going to sit in your system for at least three to four days. That protein you need off that steak will build your testosterone up and build up your muscle strength to the point where you'll be feeling like you can run over through a brick mountain. Yeah. But, but the problem is we haven't designated ourselves and felt like kings, so consequently, because we don't feel like kings and because we have not uh, um, designated ourselves, you keep eating curry out food. Mm-hmm. You keep putting junk in your system and then wondering why your body don't respond. Mm-hmm. Because you don't feel royal. You don't feel like a king. Yeah. Every morning, man, I don't care if you got to tape it to your mirror in your bathroom or tape it downstairs on the chair of your man cave. Man cave. Listen, I am king. Hear me roar. You got a huge lion in the background of your, of your video right now. A lion is the symbol of royalty and the epitome of determination. They are not deterred by elephants. They are not deterred by giraffes. I heard a guy from Africa. I got a buddy named Obidinko Iquazago. He's from Africa. He said, Minister, do you know why the king is the, the lion is the king of the jungle? I said, no. He said, because he said so. Powerful. I said, huh? He said, the lion is the king of the jungle because he said so. And he'll fight anybody that wants to argue with him about it. Yeah. Yeah. As big as elephants and giraffes are, they don't call themselves the kings of the jungle. Snakes can kill anything in the jungle, including lions, but snakes don't just roll out and seek fights with lions. Because you know, guess what? Your venom is going to run out, but a pride of lions could be 30 or 40 strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess what? A lion is the king of the jungle because he says so. And I want to encourage the men on this podcast. You are a king based on what you say about yourself. God has made it so that your words are self-fulfilling prophecies. If you say you ain't nothing, you ain't never been nothing, your father wasn't nothing, then that's what everything in the universe is going to swirl around to. God has designated so that karma comes back to you based on what you say. Yep. The law of attraction. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, affirm yourself, remind yourself who you are. I know it may sound like basic sentence and I am powerful, but no, that's true. Remind yourself you're powerful. I'm a king regardless, even if you're single. I'm handsome. I look I look good. Even without a haircut, I look good. Yeah, every day, build yourself up. Brushing your teeth. Even got taped into the wall. That's something I got in my bathroom right now, actually. Affirmations every single day. You got to remind yourself how great you are. 
got to. And that because I got a stepdaughter 16, she told me I was petty because I got huh. King Aaron on the floor matching my car. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everywhere nice. I go, when you yes. step in my car, you put your feet on mat to say King Aaron. I'm affirming myself all the time because, like you said, what the world gonna tell you is you ain't nothing, you ain't never been nothing, your father wasn't nothing, your grandfather was less than that, they were slaves. Da 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 da. Everywhere you go, something is trying to tell you down. You gotta put something in yourself to encourage yourself. Right, right. When nobody else is affirming you, you gotta stand up in the mirror and be like, man, God, you did a good job. I'm a handsome joker. I don't care what nobody else say. Man, my head's falling out. But guess what? The head that I do have to show is laying down real smooth. Hey, man, I'm the darkest dude in my family. But guess what? I got the brightest smile, too. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? You got to uh, affirm yourself. You got to look at Donald Trump with that combed over extension hair and that orange hue really thinks he looks good. He does. He act like it, yeah. He, so yes, if Donald so Trump can walk around with confidence like he looks good, how much more for our dark-skinned brothers out here, our, our African-American brothers with your huge skin that everybody's trying to get to be the same color as you? Did you ever notice that people all over the world are trying to get skin tan, sun tan, so they can be your complexion? Right. Yeah. But you don't even want to be your complexion. Right. Come on, man. We've been lying to ourselves. It makes it a lot easier for you to sit around and listen to the lies of the powers that be when you've been lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this, Cooper, and we can move on if you'd like. Shakespeare said to thine own self be true. Yeah. I was praying one day, one of those prayers, you were talking about those crying, deep prayers. Yeah, yeah. And I said, God said to me, why do you think Shakespeare made that statement? I said, I don't know, God. You tell me. You God. Yeah. He said, because Shakespeare realized that if you don't start telling yourself the truth, you can't tell the truth to nobody else. Right. To thine own self be true. Once you and I start telling ourselves the truth, Coop, then absolutely everybody that we come around is going to operate in that same truth. I don't lie to nobody. I don't sugarcoat nobody. Drunk, sober, up or down, in or out, this is me. I'm your brother. I come with flaws. I come with mistakes. I come with fallibilities. And I'm still a king. Yeah. Powerful. And speaking of self-worth and everything, this goes into our next topic, uh, self-love. What is in your definition, what does self-love mean to you? Well, so in my definition, man, self-love is purely that it, it is self-explanatory. Self-love means you take care of you. And I'm not talking about self-love because you got on Gucci or Prada or Fendi or poor the ladies, you got on Kurt Geiger, the newest stuff. Well, you know, you got on your Christian Louis Vuitton red bottoms. That's not self-love to me. And all of those things are wonderful. I believe in making sure, you know, that you dress to the top of the line of your ability without taking yourself to the, you know, poorhouse. On the same token, self-love is eating right. Mm -hmm. Self-love begins with having a relationship with God. Do you realize that human beings are the only thing in this whole universe that don't go back to its creator, to its manufacturer? Right. When our cars break down, we take them to a mechanic because a mechanic is somebody that works on the me mechanisms of a car. Mm hmm you don't take your car to a juice factory in order to get it fixed. You take it to somebody that can work on the mechanism. Fish do not get out of water. Birds do not go out of the, into volcanoes and try to fly. They stay in the air. Man is the only thing that tries to leave his natural habitat and solve its problems without the one that created. So first, my first thing for self-love is to get back to God. Yeah. This is not a sermon, so I'm not preaching, but like they're having a PBS special 
um, coming up this upcoming week, two days on PBS, where they're exploring the fact that without gospel music in the black community, we wouldn't have made it out of slavery, we wouldn't have made it through the civil rights movement, and we most certainly wouldn't have made it these days because the black gospel church is singing songs about God and Harriet Tubman and them have even written in their journals and they're discovering all in Thomas Jefferson's estate in Monticello, Sally Hemmings and them had written down hymns and songs that the slaves were singing that were quote unquote Negro spirituals, but they were songs about God. Even back 400 years ago, our ancestors realized that you can't have no self-love or no freedom, no emancipation without God first. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I would like to make a public service announcement to men. There's nothing weak or soft about serving God. Thanks. David in the Bible was a small frame dude. The Bible says he was ruddy. He was scruffy looking. The Bible says that David got so incensed that Goliath would dare challenge the armies of God, not the armies of David, the armies of God. He told Goliath, I am going to cut your head off and feed it to the buzzards. And that's what he turned around and did. David's confidence was so strong. He took Goliath's sword, who was a giant rumored to be anywhere from nine to 11 feet tall, cut off Goliath's head and then walked around with his head as a trophy for three days. Because he believed in himself. Yeah. His father had forgotten about him. His family was shunning him for coming out there the whole nine yards, but he believed in himself because he had a relationship with God. Yeah. So I think that's where self-love begins. But then the other thing, Coop, I would be remiss in not saying that the other part of self-love is for men is to actively take care of yourself. And I'm not talking about providing for yourself. That's a whole different matter. I'm talking about taking care of yourself. Dudes used to laugh at me all the time until it became popular to go with your girl. But I've been getting my feet done for over 20 years. It's relaxing. Man, not only is it relaxing, women have yeah. been hiding that secret from us for years. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know how many men have discovered diabetes and other diseases because they let somebody finally see what was going on with their feet? Yeah. If you would have been getting a pedicure doing some self-love, you could have found out some stuff a long time ago. Right. Man, my calves don't hurt as bad. My knees don't ache as bad. When I go get that massage, man, when I mess around and let that lady put them hot towels on my ankles, man, it helps out with that compression. And especially after a workout, man, if you get a workout and then the next day when the soreness is getting ready to set in, you go get a pedicure. Oh, my Lord, man, you be done fell asleep in the chair. I did. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got to do that. That's self-love. Yeah. Right. Right. I go get a haircut and a shape up every week, not because I need it, but just because it feels good to be clean shaven and be fresh. Yeah. It feels good when you kind of brought a shot. Like, oh, I look good. Self-love. It, it ain't because somebody told me I was handsome or because I look good or whatever. I do it because I want to feel good. Yeah, and I want to tell myself that. Right. I, I'm talking about me. I'm not concerned yeah, about whether people think I feel yeah. good or whether or not this person thought I, right, I look right, good or right. whatever. Right. When I put on oil and lotion or cologne or whatever, I do that because I want to smell good. I, I'm like James Brown said. I want to jump back and kiss myself. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> So I think that it is important that, that we as men uh, start with prioritizing God for self-love, but then make sure that we do the little things to take care of ourselves, man. Put food in your body that your body can actually digest and produce, man. And, and I know this is not a popular thing, Coop, but I got to say it, man. We got to get African-Americans away from pork. Oh, yeah. It's not a part of our regular diet, man. Our ancestors in Africa did not grow pigs. 
did not eat pigs. That was something that was introduced to us in slavery. And don't get me wrong, man, pork chops and chitlins and all that tastes good. But as a cancer survivor, I'm here to tell you that pork causes cancer and, and eating it in abundance is going to slow down your digestive system, slow down your sperm count. And like, have you ever been in the stall next to a guy in the bathroom and heard the plops coming in the toilet because his urine is so thick he can't even get it out? Dang. That's because your digestive system is messed up. And so now you can't even eliminate the waste, which is what urine and feces is, is your body eliminating waste out of your body. Right. Because you didn't have enough self-love to put that swine down. Mm -hmm. And then you washed it down with a fifth of gin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dang, yeah. On it. And, and so, but then, but then you want to say, well, Coop, hold on, man. I see that you, um, Black Superman, man, I want to go to the gym with you. For what, so you can pass out? Right. Your diet is not correct. What you're drinking is not correct. You haven't given yourself no self-love. So when I get you on over here and we start doing some lunges or we start running or doing some squats, that ingrown toenail is killing your foot so you can't even tie your shoe up for the support that you need because you didn't do any self-love. You see how all of these things are interconnected? Mm -hmm. And now because I don't love myself, Tupac said this in the old school movie, Juice, if I don't give a damn about myself, what make you think I give one about you? Yeah. So now we take that negative mindset and that lack of self-love home to our ladies and now we abuse them and we done kicked the dog off the front porch and we done smacked all the kids around because you didn't have self-love don't mean you could possibly love anybody else. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And if someone's listening, um, your self-love journey never stops, never yeah. stops, never stops. Uh, even if you're in a relationship, you're married, you're single, whatever, it never stops. You have to take care of yourself. You have to love yourself. You have to invest in yourself because if you don't invest in yourself, you can't give love to anybody else. So whatever, whatever you touch is not going to be a blessing to no one. You have to love yourself. Take care of yourself. Get to know yourself. And if you're single, get to know yourself. Find the stuff you like. Take your stuff out on dates. And there's nothing wrong with that. Take yourself to the movies whenever it opens up again. You know, take yourself out to dinner. Do things that you like. Put good things in your body. Take care of yourself to the fact that you're going to be here for years and years and years. Your relationship with God. Give thanks every day. Write a gratitude list of what you're thankful for. Even if you are going through something. Oh, man, I paid rent. Well, I got $5. Hey, your rent is paid. Me on the street. You know what I'm saying? Give thanks every single day. Every day. Don't skip a day. That's something that I do every day. My gratitude list. Write them down. Pray every single day. It's something that you're thankful for. Continue to bless yourself with self-love. And, and I think that to close that point out, Coop, uh -huh. um, I used to work with indigent people um, at a company called Green Door where all the people were homeless consumers. We never called them bums or vagabonds. We called them consumers. Okay. But if you ever think that you're in a bad way, just go do some volunteer work at the man's shelter in your city, wherever you are. You'll see them guys' feet, Coop, are black with atrophy, because they've been out in the elements and their feet are um, close to frostbitten. You'll yeah. see people losing limbs because they've been out in the cold and got hypothermia. You'll see that these guys' beards are so entangled, they got to get cut and shears to just cut the beard off so they can even begin to shape it and groom it. You know, they got to get special shampoo for lice because their hair haven't been combed or washed. And I don't know how long. If you really think you got it bad, please just go visit a local homeless shelter one time. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a men's shelter. Mm -hmm. where these are viral, strong men 
that just have been executed out of society, I mean, excommunicated out of society. Um, and sometimes they've imposed that upon themselves. But my point is, if you really think you're having a bad way, please just go down there and find somebody that don't know where their dinner is coming from this afternoon. Right. That no doctor is going to look at their foot until they fall off. Mm. I mean, literally, toes start falling off. Now we're going to rush you to the hospital. It's too late to rush me to the hospital now. The, the, the limbs are already falling off. Mm-hmm. So if we ever, as men, think that we're in a bad way or, or we're um, um, having some kind of traumatic situation, and I'm not saying that we don't, but I'm saying it's not the end all be all. It's not, it's not, the book is not closed because you had a traumatic situation. Those situations are meant to build up your determination, meant to build you up as a person, meant to strengthen you so that when another brother is going through it, you can be a shining example to say, I made it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is the beginning of self-love. It, it, the scripture says, iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. When your countenance is low, I need to be able to come pick you up. Yeah. But I can't pick you up if I if I don't have self-love. Right. Agreed. And me and you both sitting around down in the dumps, all we doing is having a pity party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, now nah, we ain't joining. We're going to lift each other up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't need to participate in that party, man. Y'all can rescind my invitation. I don't want to come. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree with that. Um, let's go to my next topic. Um, relationship with God with your mental health journey. How important is that? It's paramount. You can't have a mental health journey of success if you're not going to have a relationship with God. Where's your inspiration coming from? Do you realize that the Bible is the most reproduced, most popular book in the history of man from the beginning until now? Mm-hmm. And, and people refuse man I ain't reading no Bible that's a white man's book well two things number one if you recognize that God created all men from the dirt all this is is some white dirt ours is some black dirt Chinese people is some Chinese dirt it's all dirt now, I don't discriminate against white people Chinese people Latino people or nobody because we was all created from the dust of the ground mm-hmm. so that eliminates those barriers even if they put them up I don't even allow white folks to put them barriers up against me hey man we all from the dirt man yours ain't no different than mine right and yeah. I'm not I'm not de- negating slavery or not negating the oppressions that have been put on African Americans I'm pro African American I'm just not anti anybody else and, and so I say that um in regard of mental health you and I were talking about how the devil will come visit you the devil is a bad devil all the time yeah God is a good God all the time. All you got to do is call on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I called, I had a headache this morning. I was praying on my way before I got on the podcast. God, please take this headache away from me. I don't want to be dragging on the podcast. I don't want to be slow moving while I'm talking to my man. But my sinus pressure is real. I hate yeah, one but, my, <laughs> but the sinus pressure is yeah. real. Yeah. But I, I got to take God into that equation because he can do something about it. Now I'm on here. We're having a great dialogue. I'm feeling good. My head is not hurting at the moment everything going forward and so you, you got to put god in the beginning man you can't wait until you get in a crisis then it's the end of the situation your lady hates you the kids hate you your job want to fire you everything and then you go oh god woe is me god is like hold on you gonna call me at the end <laughs> yeah, the house right. can already burnt to the ground you're right 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 <laughs> <laughs> right you say oh no now you want to yeah um i definitely agree with that i remember when i was a, when i was a young kid and i was going to church and you know, like you don't have an understanding of praise and worship. So you kind of just sit down like, oh, I wish they would sit down. I, I, as an adult and as I went through certain things and 
I have more appreciation of life. I have more appreciation for, excuse me, of God and what he brought me through. So I understand a lot of things differently. You know what I'm saying? So I have understanding of praising God. I thank you for blessing, like the details. Thank you for blessing that I still have a job. I can still go to work. Even when there's not a lot of kids in the building, I can still go to work. Like for little things, have an understanding of, of God, have understanding of everything, praying for certain things in details. You know what I'm saying? So I have a better understanding of my relationship with God and I'm getting closer. And that, that feels good to say that. I'm not saying that's going to be perfect, but if it does get bumpy, I know where my confidence is going to go, you know? And, and that's the point, I think, in mental health and being related to God is that you got to have an outlet. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have an outlet, Coop, your head will explode. And I mean that literally. People have aneurysms and have, and have um, uh, brain tumors and mm -hmm. strokes and all of that. That's a product of the fact that your head has exploded. Right. Stress is real. Depression is real. Suicidal ideations are real. If you don't go to God, who are you going to? Where are you going to gain strength from? God has an unlimited supply. He is inexhaustible. I go to him with everything. I go to him when I don't feel good about myself. Like feeling good about yourself is a decision. It's a determination. It is. You have to wake up and feel good about yourself on purpose. Mm -hmm. Even if you gained a little weight or even if you got a scar that you're not happy about or if your bank account ain't looking the way it should. I remember I went to a financial seminar. I got a buddy who's the vice president of loans for Bank of America. And I went to his financial seminar and they were like, if your credit score is less than 600 and you don't have six months worth of reserves in the bank, then you a poor individual um, and you got poor money habits. Man, I left out that junk going, shoot everybody. I know it's poor and got poor money habits. I don't know nobody got six months worth of rent in the bank. Mm -hmm. I left there feeling all bad about myself and so on and so forth. And a couple of days into it, God came to me and was like, hey, get up. You know, yeah. I'm laying in the bed, moaning, moping, yeah. you know, feeling like some hot trash. Uh -huh. You know, nothing speak worse than hot garbage. <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm laying there, man. I ain't got I ain't got six days worth of money in the bank, let alone six months. Mm -hmm. And God said, this is what you do. Financial debt and mental health is an elephant. I said, what? He said, financial debt and mental health is an elephant. And you need to eat it. I said, eat an elephant? God, what are you talking about? He said, those things are the big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. We always talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah, right. Mental health is related to our finances and our sexual prowess for men. Great. It is. All right. So when you tell me that I got less than a 600 credit score and I don't got six months in the bank, that I'm a poor financial manager and that I'm a poor individual, it started messing with my, with my psyche and started messing with my testosterone level and about how I looked at myself as a man. Mm. God came to me and said, well, first of all, I don't judge you about how much money you got because I supply all of your needs. Yeah. And second of all, you take that elephant and you eat it like you eat all elephants. I said, how is that? He said, one piece at a time. No lion goes and tries to engulf a whole elephant at once. Mm -hmm. What they do is get the elephant down on the ground, <laughs> excuse me, on their level, and then they eat the elephant in pieces. Right. That's the way you attack debt. That's the way you attack your credit. 
that's the way you attack your mental health, one piece at a time. Agree. Agree. <laughs> and you got to be able to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Hey, listen, man, I've really been throwing away way too much money on weed. I've really been throwing away way too much money on liquor. I've really been throwing way too much money on these fans-only chats on IG where I'm trying to see these pornographic images. Mm -hmm. I've really been throwing way too much money away gambling like sports betting is the new addictive drug for gambling. If you take the amount of money that you spent, a financial guy did a synopsis of this in 2019 before the pandemic hit, Coop. He said, if you if guys took the amount of money they spent on beer, alcohol, and gambling over one year, you could literally move yourself out of all financial debt within 12 months. Mm. Now, those three things, alcohol, gambling, uh, 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 and sexual things, if you take the money that you spent on those three things over one year, the average person could move themselves out of financial debt. Right. I mean, I was on the floor. Right, yeah, yeah. But it goes into your mental health because now, guess what? I spent more money than I had. Now I'm in debt. So now I got to use a credit card, which is money that I don't have. I'm spending future money that I'm going to get. But mm -hmm. hold up, now I don't max that credit card out. So now I got to go get another credit card. And I can't pay neither one of the credit card bills. And my wife's still looking at me for the same amount of mortgage. And all the kids need new shoes. And the car needs a transmit to do mm -hmm. what you do is give all of that to god because it ain't none of it too heavy for him and then second of all you start eating that elephant one piece at a time right let me go work out a train uh, a payment arrangement and get this transmission fixed let me get this guy some of the money down and then you know get on a payment plan because if i don't had a car i can't get to work to get the other issues addressed yeah there are credit counseling agencies that if they can't get your credit card debt down, sometimes they can all completely eliminate your credit card debt and wipe you a clean slate without filing for bankruptcy. Mm. Let me go to some of these outlets in Delaware or in Pennsylvania. It's a two get something to eat on the road on the way up there. And I can go up there and buy four pairs of shoes from the outlets for the amount that I would have spent on one pair of shoes in DC. Not for real. Yeah. Yeah. These are the ways as men, I'm saying this to the men that's looking at our podcast today. Hey man, there is a way to get ahead of these things and don't have yourself be mentally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Make a payment arrangement on the car repairs. Go to the outlets. And I'm not talking about uh, out here in at Oxon Hill and all that. I'm talking about get out this area and go to Delaware. It's right across the Bay Bridge. They don't have no sales tax. And you can buy four pairs of shoes for the kids for the amount that you would have spent on one pair of That's shoes. True. Yeah. So these are just some little things that we can do, man, to develop a God consciousness first. You know, wake up and thank God, like you said, every morning have a gratitude list that we thankful for. And then do those other little things to attack your credit card debt, to attack the car issues, to attack the situations where you need to get the kids closed. And right. then lastly, Coop, a happy wife is a happy life, man. Do little ancillary things to put a smile on your lady face. Mm -hmm. Send her a text with some emojis, with some hearts and some and some hugs and all that. That don't cost you nothing, right? But she'll be sitting around telling her girlfriend, "Girl, look what he sent me." Mm -hmm. You get some stimulus money, or you get a bonus on your on your uh, taxes, or you get a raise at work or something. 
you can go to Safeway Coop. It's Valentine's Day weekend. They got roses on sale for $19. Some of y'all fellas ain't never bought your lady no flowers. Or you go get her that cheap stuff some dude selling on the side of the road. Man, go to the flower shop at the Safeway and get some real roses and, and get the little $6 vase. Mm-hmm. That's less than what you would have spent on a case of beer, fellas. Yeah. And guess what? That that little thing of roses is going to get you in there like swimwear. She's going to still be talking about that next Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Cool. This is an example of what I'm saying about uh, uh, good mental health. Because I feel good, I'm always trying to bring somebody else into feeling good. Yeah. So my oh, nephew, my nephew is my nephew-in-law is married to my niece. So I went yesterday to the flower shop where I get my flowers from. And I went, I told him, I said, cash at me some money right now. Mm -hmm. I went and picked up flowers for his wife and his mama, who was my auntie. And mm -hmm. then I played delivery man while he was at work and I delivered to his flowers to his wife and his mom. When he got home, he was looking like a superhero. Both of them was crying and hugging all on him and everything. Not yeah. because of, not because I'm the man, but it made him look like he was the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I did was go do what I was normally going to do anyway. Yeah. But because I incorporated another brother to it and pulled him up to another level, it made him a hero in the minds of his mom and his, and his wife, and it made me feel good. Right. That's how you build up good mental health with a kingdom mindset. Like you said, reach down and pull up another brother. He wasn't going to do that on his own, and he had the money. Mm -hmm. When I told him to send me the money, he sent it immediately. It didn't even take a minute. Right. Powerful. Um, definitely appreciate you and go to the, the last question. And um, you get up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you brush your teeth, getting yourself together. What's your motivation? Well, my motivation is multifaceted. First, my okay. motivation is God didn't make no mistakes. So when he created me, he meant that on purpose. God is intentional. He didn't make me Craig Cooper. He made me Aaron Brooks. Mm -hmm. So if God thought enough of me to make me this individual person, I need to get up in the morning with the motivation and determination that I'm going to make something happen and something good with this day. It's in my hands. Right. I, I need to be determined so that the people that vibe off me and they glean off me have something to get. Mm -hmm. I, I try to live a selfless life. Yes, I encourage myself. Yes, I love myself. Yes, I enjoy myself. But that's not my motivation. My motivation is to be able to be a blessing to others. Mm -hmm. We're in Black History Month. Martin Luther King said that his whole mantra and motivation he got from Maya Angelou, and she said, if I could just help one person, then my living is not in vain. That's my objective every day. That was my reason for coming on your podcast. You and I have been knowing each other for years. Mm -hmm. We never talked about being on a podcast before. We never talked about the interview before. But my goal and objective, man, is to help other brothers. Right. To help people in general. People be, man, uh, Aaron, you too nice, man. You always trying to help somebody. Hey, listen, man, I've been a tremendous recipient of other people's kindness. And I feel like it's my responsibility to pay that forward back to other folks. Yeah, agreed. So that's my motivation. Love it. Love it. Um, definitely appreciate you. This was amazing. I feel like we're going to do a part two. <laughs> it's coming up. Um, I'll definitely hit you up on that. Um, before you go, feel free to tell the audience where to find you as far as social media or whatever you got going on currently. Right. So you can find me. You can email me, AaronMB320 at Gmail. I'm also on IG at KingAaron007. You can reach me there. 
Um, I think that's my IG group. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that is right. If not, it's going to be written down right here. Yeah, I, it's going to be you. right at the bottom of the screen. So you guys yeah. can feel free to DM me, come in my inbox. Or if you can get in touch, contact with, with Coop, um, he has my information. We see each other all of the time. Mm -hmm. um, we don't just fellowship over this podcast, but we have rich dialogue. We had about a 40 or 50 minute dialogue just impromptu one morning talking about credit in the black community because that's the kind of vibe that we have. So I yeah. hope this has been an encouragement to some brothers. I hope this has got one or two brothers off the ledge of suicide. I hope that you will make a determination to feel good about yourself every single day. Invest in books for yourselves, Black men. Invest in reading. Um, I named a couple of books. Um, like I said, the book A.W. Tozer, I Talk Back to the Devil. Devil. It's um, an Amazon book. You can find it. I think it's 8 or $9 because it's an old book. But I just think we got to take responsibility, Craig, to encourage ourselves to uplift each other as kings and to be a positive, godly force in the lives of other men. If I can leave anything um, with you guys this morning, it's to love God first and then love yourself second. This is a scripture, Coop, and I want to leave this with everybody. And you guys can write this down. The Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. Your love for me is only measured by the barometer of which you love yourself. Right. I am my brother's keeper and my brother's brother. Mm -hmm. So self-love, man, self-care after God's love, man, that's the most important thing. You can't love your wife, your lady, your fiance correctly if you don't love you correctly. Right. You're not going to want to take her out for dinner. You're not going to take her for special occasions to museums or to restaurants or to another city that you could drive to. You're not going to do any of them things if you don't feel like that's something you should do for yourself. Right. Good point. So everything starts with God. And then once we put ourselves in the equation, it's about living to our highest level and to our highest expectancy. My, my mantra in life is that life is about pluses and minuses. And at the end of every day, you need to make sure that your pluses outweigh your minuses. I say life is about pluses and minuses. And every day, you need to make sure that your pluses outweigh your minuses. The minus is going to come. Every bad day is chock full of minuses. Negative things happen to all of us all of the time. The question is not what to, whether those things are going to happen. The question is, what are you going to do in that moment? Right. Agreed. Agreed. So, man, I appreciate the opportunity to be on, man. I appreciate the opportunity of the candidacy that we're able to have. I hope that we've been a blessing to some brothers. I hope that we're able to help some brothers. I can't wait for part two because we got much more to discuss um, mm -hmm. um, among um, Uplift Kings. We got to talk about credit and money where black men are concerned, where men are concerned, period, but black men in particular. And, you know, and we got to talk about our uh, significant others. And I'm not just talking about your lady, but I'm talking about your kids and the people that are important in your life. Because again, if your mental health is not up, if your self-love is not up, it's going to affect everybody else. Yeah. So, man, I'm looking forward to part two whenever we get to it. I thank you for the opportunity, man. It's been refreshing. It's a great way to start the morning. Everybody, happy Valentine's Day. I hope some of the stuff that we've shared here helps you, man. God bless everybody. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, this is season two, episode two. Walking Purpose podcast is available every Sunday on all major platforms. We also got a YouTube episode, like I said before. You can see our faces and everything. Um, get, uh, thank you so much for our amazing guest, Aaron Brooks. You're going to see his face again 
we're going to do part two and part three coming up very soon, guys. Thank you so much. And guys, remember that you are a king. Remember that you are worth it. Remember that you are handsome. Remember that you are smart. Remember that you are educated. Remember, every day build yourself up. You are a king. Peace, guys.